it's about bringing the emotion into the story and making it come alive. So it's not the retelling of a story. It's the reliving of a story. The power of storytelling. Stories engage. Stories communicate. Stories entertain. Stories connect. My guest today is Sue Henry. She's made a living helping small business owners find their unique and personal stories so they can help more people. Because Sue's usually working with business owners, we also have a small tangent about creating effective marketing funnels, which lasts really only a couple of minutes. Sue tells a very powerful story in the middle of the interview, and it's very fun to see how the story really transformed her clients' interactions with the people in her audience. As you continue to pursue your vibrant potential, it's a great idea to think about what your story is, both for your ability to connect with others and also for your own benefit and introspection. If you end up wanting help with your story, Sue does have an offer for a free 30-minute consult, and I highly recommend you take her up on it. She's good at what she does, and she leaves you with a lot of value. If you want to have a conversation about what your vibrant potential looks like and if you might like some help getting there, please feel free to apply for a free consult with me. You can go to my website, www.drchrisfrickman.com and fill out the brief form on the homepage if you'd like to talk with me. And if you'd like to connect with Sue, check out the show notes for this episode at drchrisfrickman.com slash the power of storytelling. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Well, Sue, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're someone that I have, I've known you actually for a long time. And I first took a seminar from you. uh, It had to do with BNI. Gosh, I don't even know how many years ago. It might have even been like an MSP or something. Do you do do MSPs or did you ever? Yes, I did a lot of the MSPs. A lot of the in a lot of the advanced trainings. So there were so many different workshops I did that yeah. it's you know it's hard to you know narrow it right down from one. Oh, for sure, for sure. For people listening, over the years I've been in and out of a organization called BNI, which is Business Networking International, and essentially it's it's helping business owners to come together in an organized way so that they can network their group their. Uh, their businesses and just kind of help each other and, and all that. And I like that. I like that organization because their motto is givers gain. And so the focus is on really helping 
the other businesses in your group and the other people in your group, what you give out ends up coming back. So I really like that motto. And Sue has been a part of that organization for well, longer than I have been, so quite a, quite a number of years. Sue, you're really an expert on helping to bring out people's stories. So today, uh, you were gracious enough to come on, and I wanted to uh, kind of share some tips with people and also just share kind of the power and the impact of of sharing a story, like why that matters. I was I haven't released it yet, but I was doing an interview with a friend of mine and he was talking about marketing kind of. And I mean, we just kind of got off on a little tangent about marketing and he had said something about like abusing a story almost like using it for marketing or something. And I said, oh, well, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's okay to use your story. I mean, I suppose you can use anything for evil, you know. Overall, I think stories just kind of fascinate us as humans, and I think they kind of draw us in. And you're a craftsperson at helping people find their stories. Is that accurate? That is. That is very accurate. And it's not about. It, it's about bringing the emotion into the story. And, and making it come alive. So it's not the retelling of a story. It's the reliving of a story. Mm. Be- because our lives are made up of events. And these events become stories. And that's how all these things have been passed on through the beginning of time. So when we master the art of storytelling, we're able to influence people. And again, we want to influence them for good. N- not, not to manipulate, but to help people understand what we offer and the impact we've had on other people's lives. So if they're dealing with that issue, all of a sudden they have hope. And it's not just that we're showing them a light at the end of the tunnel, but now we've had the opportunity to build a little bit of rapport with this person. So we're the person who's at the light at the end of the tunnel. And and I love that. You know, I'm, I'm before we go any further, the one caveat because you had brought up BNI and I love BNI sure. I was in BNI for over 10 years it was it's a great organization and I've learned a lot but there came a time when I had to step back and I was so busy working for BNI I wasn't growing my own business mm. and and well, I'm not- and just to just to clarify for people that was because you weren't just a member you were you were someone that had a fairly large role in the what Minnesota or maybe the whole Midwest I'm not really sure Actually, I was one of the top directors um, nationally and internationally. Some of the oh. some of the the results that we had achieved in Nancy's region, actually, as, with me as a team, and I had a team of sixteen with me. Um, those records still stand today in the U.S. So we did some pretty awesome things, but we had so much fun doing it that I think that's that was the part that made it so fun and why we probably had that success is because we had so much fun. But when it comes to stories, it's really easy to be flat. And what I do is I teach people how to take those stories and bring them alive. So those who are searching for what you offer hear it, can visualize success and reach out to you to learn more. Just to address like the like the slimy marketing comment that my other guest had made, because I think that that does happen, but I think it's really about your intention. Most people really don't want to be slimy. Most people are really... You know, whether they're, you know, they've got a nonprofit or they, they own their own business or they, they have some other passion that they have a story about. Most people don't, they're not trying to be manipulative and slimy. Most people are really 
you know, truly believing that that they want to contribute in a positive way. Learning how to craft a story so that it is emotionally engaging is just a way to be more effective at that. I think what it does, again, is it attracts the people who are interested in you and your message, and it allows you to get the message out there in a way that isn't that isn't just facts and figures and everything like that. You know, we talk about facts and figures and yet we buy based on emotion. We seek solutions. Mm -hmm. And so when we can become effective storytellers, basically what that does is it opens a door and and so that people can walk through and say, Hey, I want to know more. And it's up to you at that point. So a story opens the door. In my opinion, the story isn't where you're having them sign on the dotted line. And oh, so true. I, yeah, it's like kind of like an opener almost. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and one of the things, you know, having been a networker, a professional networker in an organization for so many years, you know, it's, it's great to go to networking events, whether it's a chamber or, you know, a win, which is in Minneapolis women, uh, and, and there's so many great organizations, but the thing is, is it's all about building credibility and building that trust and rapport. And so you can go to a networking meeting and you can go to the chamber and you can do all these things. And how many times do you have to meet somebody to build that rapport without coming across sounding salesy? Because if you if you think about it, how many people go to a, a, a chamber event, for example, and you go there because you want to buy something. And yet, if and which is very rare, but most of the time people go to those events who don't really understand the process and they go there to sell. So we have a disconnect automatically. And what I had found when I, when I really branched out the speaking was that speaking, especially effective speaking, where your, your heart and your intention and, and your true purpose and your passion are all in alignment, what happens is that you build that credibility and trust so much quicker. So if you're a business professional who wants to grow your business faster and work with the people who truly are looking for what you have to offer, you're not trying to drag and kick them in, then speaking to groups where the target, where the people who are in the audience are your most ideal clients and having a really powerful talk is going to get you much further, much quicker than just going to networking events alone and trying to build those relationships through the slow process that we're taught. So when you talk about a story, do you help people to come up with like a short version of their story that they can just give in sort of casual, whatever, a casual meeting or a network me- ne- ne- a networking meeting. Jeez, I'm stumbling over my words today. Do you give like a shorter, do you help that person come up with a shorter version? Or do you just come up with like, I, I think I remember you used the term signature talk. I, I might be wrong on that. But do you just do like a, a 30 minute talk? And that's, that's what that's what you specialize in? Or, or how does that process work with people? I think it works several ways. Um, a lot of my clients, they come to me because they want to create some kind of a talk and we work on, and in a 30-minute talk, you're going to have three to four really great stories that go along with key points that you're offering and you know, and information. So it's all content-driven. We're just changing the format of how we're delivering the content a little bit. And 
but we, but then they'll say, okay, but I'm going to a networking e- event or how do I do this or how, how do I do that? And how do I introduce myself? So I don't, you know, I just don't say, well, I sell life insurance, you know, are you interested? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we get really, con- you know, it gets to be really kind of, we feel uncomfortable and yet we don't know what to do. And, and so what I'll do then is we'll step back and we'll also work on maybe a 20 minute introduction. Um, because the, the whole point of when you go to a networking event, in my opinion, is when you, when you meet someone, you want to be able to ask a couple of questions to get a better feel of who they are, not just because maybe you're interested in their product, but it gives us the opportunity to go through all the people we think of it that we know that might be interested and we might be able to make that connection for them. But the other point is that when we are giving our personal introduction, we don't want to have those people's eyes glaze over and look around the room for the the you know the quickest way to exit and so having a short little story with a couple of questions is always really really important and so if so, if I was going to a networking meeting and somebody came up and said who are you I'd say hi I'm Sue Henry you know I help speakers create a stampede of hot prospects chase them down and beg them for more information Hmm. So that was what 10 seconds that that little thing. But did you I just want to go back and clarify really quick. You you said that you help them do a 20 minute introduction. Did you mean 20 seconds or 20? Yes, minutes? I mean 20, 20 seconds. I oh, apologize. Okay, okay. No, no, no problem. Seconds. No problem. That's that, that's what I was thinking would be more apropos. But I was just, you know, I wanted to make sure. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, so you also you used some I don't know what the right words are. Like I'm not a copywriter, but those are a couple of those words I, I can tell were definitely handpicked, you know, like create a stampede. And I think you said hot prospects or something. So those are, I'm trying to think if, if I spoke like that, if I would feel like it was genuine or not. Do you ever struggle with like, I want to create, I want to elicit an emotional response in this person and I want to uh, get the point across about what I'm doing. And do you ever feel like, I mean, you, you think you grew up in the Midwest, like uh, maybe this is like a, a Minnesota thing that I have like ingrained in me, but do you ever struggle with like, well, I, I don't want to seem inauthentic either or something? But I don't feel inauthentic because it's, it's exactly what I do. So I'm having fun with the words. Create a stampede. My dad always watched Westerns. What did they have on a lot of Westerns? Oh, my gosh. The buffalo, the horse, or the cows were a stampede. I am an organic dairy farmer. Yesterday, although it wasn't what you would call a stampede, when you've got 100 animals out lurking about <laughs> um, I, I got to tell you, you don't want them creating a stampede. You don't want them running, but it's still, it's still pretty powerful. And then the other thing is, is I believe in choosing the words carefully. So I'm there to see if I can help them. But I also want to initiate a conversation because once we get behind the business stuff, that's when you really get can get to know somebody. That And it's not all about business. It's about having those friendships and making those connections. And so the hot prospects, you know, why would you want, why would you go out there and try and attract just anybody? Don't you want qualified people that are already interested so they're asking better questions? And they're going to be more likely to respond favorably to what you're sharing because they want those solutions. Yeah. 
For me, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. And so if I just said to you, so, so let me give you this example, Chris. So if I, if I was, and, and this is an example from one of my clients who was a life insurance agent. And, and when I asked her, I said, she came to me and she said, Sue, I'm giving a, a, a talk at ABWA, which is the American Business Women's Association. And I'm a life insurance agent and nobody wants to hear me. I mean, she said they're coming because they want to network. They're not coming to hear me. What can I do to change it? Because I don't like the reaction I get when I do what my company tells me. And that's to have the flip chart and all these handouts and go through mm. facts and figures. And and again, we we may use logic and those facts and figures to justify our purchase. But that it's the emotion that gets us even interested enough to start down that path. And so I asked her, I said, you know, why did you get into life insurance? Because it just seems really odd. She's in her mid-30s, no kids, never married. And she said, well, my mom died, you know, when I was young and she had cancer. And, and they had life insurance. And so although we missed our mom, a lot of things in life didn't change. Well, big deal. I just told the story. Does that make you your heart thump and you go, oh my gosh, I got to get me some life insurance? <laughs> uh, not quite. <laughs> no, of course not. And so what we needed to do was take her story, but then bring the emotion in. So we spent probably an hour where I asked her questions and she got very emotional. And And what we did then is when she started her talk, she said, you know, how many of you, you know, I, I said, open up with a question because we want the engagement of our audience. And I said, raise you know, raise your hand and say, how many of you came here today because you heard there was a life insurance agent speaking and you said, I got to get me some of that. And then she laughed and her hand was still there, <laughs> but she broke the ice and everybody else laughed. Now she had their attention because she had just changed the the paradigm of every other presentation from a life insurance agent they had ever attended. So the next thing we wanted to do, and it's all strategy, Chris, the next thing we did then is, you know, some of you may be wondering, why in the world would someone even go into becoming a life insurance agent? Well, let me share my story with you. When I was 10 years old, my mom died after a long battle of cancer. And, you know, we went to the funeral and everything. And after the, the luncheon, we came home and my brother went in his room and I went in my room and... I was so sad. I was just so sad. And even though I knew it had been coming, I just I just wasn't prepared. And so I quietly left my bedroom to go toward the kitchen where my dad was and his parents were sitting there. And I'm almost to the kitchen and my dad's and my grandpa says, you know, son, if you and the kids need to move in with us for a while as you settle your affairs and maybe sell the house and, and, and do what you need to, you're welcome as long as you can. Or you're welcome to stay as long as you want. And she said, I stopped in my tracks and my heart just dropped. And I thought to myself, what? You you can't sell this house. The kitchen, I mean, that's where mom and I made cookies together. And where we would sit and eat lunch together. And then the bedroom, the bedroom where when she was so sick, she couldn't read to me any longer. And I would read to her, and I was just about to run in and say, Dad, this is where my memory of my mom is. You can't sell this house. When my dad said very clearly, it's okay. 
we have life insurance, there's enough money to pay off all of our bills, to pay off of our mortgage, and still put money set aside for the kids' college education. She said, that is why I sell life insurance. As she proceeded the next 20 minutes of her 30-minute talk, she shared stories, she gave examples, as well as a few facts and figures. For the first time, she had people come up to her afterward to schedule an appointment because they resonated with her story. Everybody knew somebody who had had cancer. Everybody knew somebody who had a death of someone had created financial havoc. And all of a sudden, because of the story she shared, they said, you know what, maybe the time is right. I'm going to set an appointment and at least talk to her. And and after and about two weeks afterward, we followed up again. I followed up with her to see about the appointments. And she said, not one person canceled their appointment. Every single person kept their appointment. Now, some bought, some didn't, which was fine. But it's the that was the result of powerful stories that actually touched the audience. Yeah, it made her human to them. Absolutely. She wasn't selling something. She was trying to help them live or avoid having to, you know, a situation if they weren't prepared like she would have had to have faced. I mean, it was, it was a really, it's a really powerful story. And then, and then one of the other stories, she talked about a couple of her clients and things that had happened. And, and then she talked about how when she was a teenager and, you know, Chris, I don't know if you, if you've got daughters or, or anything like this, but I have te- three daughters. Okay. So teenage girls can be cruel. I mean, they can be nasty. And she talked about how at one particular point, she, because of some of the, uh, the taunting she was getting, I don't know if you'd call it bullying, but the taunting and how miserable she felt that she just, she didn't know what to do. She, she couldn't talk to her dad about it. He didn't, he wouldn't have understood. She didn't have anybody close that she could talk to. And so she remembered at one point in desperation, she went into her mom's closet and the clothes and everything were still in there. And she shut the closet door and she sat on the floor and she just sobbed. And she said, by being there in that closet with her mom, her mom's perfume was still there. She could smell the perfume. She could look at the clothes and remember some of the things that they did together when her mom wore that. She said it was like her mom talked to her and gave her peace, gave her strength, gave her courage and the conviction that she was better than what these other girls might be saying. And And it was, this too shall pass. Wow, that is a very intimate story. And and again, it it came down to if you have kids, would that you you look at it differently mm-hmm. because you if you're not going to be there and we don't know. I mean, it could be a car accident. It could be we, uh, life is is so is we just don't know but mm-hmm. it but because she shared personal stories she wasn't trying to sh- sell anything she was talking about what happened to her and how it benefited her as a result of her dad having insurance and them being able to stay in that house now if your friend says that that's manipulating i am sorry but i have to disagree 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that would reframe it for him, too. So I, I want to say thank you for sharing that, sh- that story, Sue. But it's funny, it's not even yours. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's very, it's touching. Do you help people create their message? Do you ever have clients that don't know how to articulate what they're even trying to give people? Right. And so before... Does that we, make sense? Yeah. And, and so what happens is before... I do a free 30-minute consult with people first just to get an idea of where they're at because not all clients are a good fit for me, just like all good, you know, not everybody's a good fit for you and your business, et cetera. And so it's kind of a way to screen it and find out where they're at, what their passion is. And if they're just looking for the almighty dollar and trying to find, you know, and get business and figure out how they can, you know, make the most amount of money and and things like that without the, you know, it's not a good fit for me and I'm not going to work well with them. So I wouldn't take them as a client. Um, But a lot of people, they may be very passionate about what they do. So for instance, let's go back to this finance or this life insurance agent. By nature, she is more analytical and more down to the, let's get down to the meat and potatoes and not the fluff. And and I think that business and relationships and communication is about bringing the fluff in with the, and I don't mean fluff in a bad way, but bringing that emotional in with it. And so it it has to do with integrity and standing in your purpose. Because if you're, whether you're in a networking event or you're on a stage or whatever you're at, if you open your mouth to speak and you're and your heart and your passion aren't there, people are going to know. They can sense inauthenticity. They can sense um, when somebody is lying, uh, just like they can sense your nervousness. So it's not just the words they hear. It's it's the, the way you deliver it in your message. And you can stammer and use poor words, but have so much passion that you can still be successful. Yeah. But, but, at the same time, we are tired of the people who are really slick and know all the right words, and yet they're not doing it for the right pers- for the right reasons. Yeah, totally. I, I agree about being authentic and totally agree with everything you're saying. And I'm going to ask the question again because I, I'm not sure if I quite got it across or maybe I'm just not understanding the answer. But I feel like I'm kind of delineating between message and story, and maybe the, maybe there's a better word for one of them. But like with the with the life insurance agent that that you said uh, that you gave the examples of, very touching stories that that you talked to her about and stuff, and and obviously you you drew that out of her, and then you helped to kind of craft that so that it would make sense and be somewhat concise but still touching, and, and so on and so forth. And so, but she already her essentially the message was buy life insurance so that you know you're protecting the people that that you may be leaving behind i mean that's isn't that kind of the essential message of like anybody that is selling life insurance actually what i teach is this is the door opener and your goal is to get the appointment Mm, and find okay. information. So her first purpose was to get people to come in and talk about their situation. And then from there, based on what they had to say, she could determine if she could help them or she could share what products she had that might be able to help them. But she wasn't selling her products from the stage. She was selling the opportunity to have an appointment with her. 
Correct. Yes. But it wasn't like... Yeah, there was a specific goal in mind. There was a reason why she was doing it and why we structured. The end result was she wanted appointments. So if you want, if you want to create, right? But they, but yeah. they, the people that were at her talk, they knew why she wanted appointments. It wasn't like, sure. Oh, I just like her so much that like I just want to like be in the room with her for forty five minutes. It, it was, you know, oh, let's just have a conversation and see if it makes sense to, you know, maybe give you some, write some life insurance for you or something. And I mean, and you know, no pressure or anything. It's just, you know, I'd love to have an appointment with you and no cost to you or anything. So I get, I get that, and that was the intention of uh, crafting that speech for her. I guess I'm just going to like bring it to myself so that I, instead of being so vague, I can just try okay. to like ask a specific question. And, and I was just talking with a, with a good friend of mine who has essentially like the exact same issue that I have right now. And I, I'm doing this podcast and I'm, I'm uh, trying to very hard to provide value for people. And, and I, I've been very gratified in that the process is fun for me, but also I've had a lot of guests and listeners say, wow, like you're doing such a great job. I mean, usually the guests say, wow, you're such a great interviewer, like such a good job, stuff like that. And the listeners have said that, you know, thank you for this content and, and, you know, in whatever wording that they use it, but, you know, thanks, these are good talks and stuff. So, and what I... So I've declared this big goal, and I can't remember if I've actually aired this yet or not, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, a couple of months ago, I declared to myself and a friend that I want to help 10,000 people reach their vibrant potential in 12 months. That is a really audacious goal for me. That's, that's a lot of people to be able to touch, especially for someone who's a solo practitioner yet that you know a lot of times I've been I have done some retreats and things and, and so, some group coaching but mostly I see people one-on-one and 10,000 people would not be feasible for me in one year one-on-one and so I would part of what that like that goal like it was really like super motivating for me I mean when I it was very hard for me to say out loud. And then once I did say it, I remember I felt like laughing and crying and jumping. I was like so excited and just so passionate about like, I cannot wait to help these people live more life, live their vibrant potential. And I was also like a tiny bit scared because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this exactly. And, and it, you know, over the course of a few conversations and a, and a you know few days and or weeks, uh, I I figured out that the way that I want to do this, the tool that I'm going to use right now is that I want to create a membership site so that people can come to the site and I can provide immense amount of value to a very large number of people. I won't be limited by my by my hours and. I, I do very much enjoy seeing people one-on-one and, and doing that deep connection with, with people one-on-one. And I'm very much driven right now by wanting to affect more people and just help more people and just really making a huge impact on my community. And so I see this membership site that I'm working on as sort of an instrument for that. The thing about Vibrant Potential, though, is that it's a little more uh, ethereal or something than life insurance because there are it, no offense to anyone selling life insurance, but there's like a million life insurance agents in 
the country. And there is nobody create a membership site around something called Vibrant Potential, at least that I'm aware of. I believe that there are a ton of people, way more than 10,000 people that want Vibrant Potential. But then it becomes part of my job to define, sort of define it and kind of like uh, relay the value or something of like, why would you care about living your vibrant potential? You know, like, because I feel like we're also in this day and age, you know, we're very short attention spans. We want everything to be very pragmatic and so on and so forth. And so how do I sort of quickly relay to people what the value is what is living your vibrant potential and why would you care about that? That is sort of like my, I think that's my message. I'm still trying to sort of hone how do I concisely talk about what my message is. And I think that's different from a story. Like a story could be like why somewhere along the way, like why I thought why when i when i found out that fitness was important to me or when i when i found out that vibrant potential was important or when i thought emotional intelligence was important or you know i could come there could be all these different stories and and you could probably help me draw them out but those are like the stories but the message i think is different than the story does that make sense it does and and Actually, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because great, the, yeah, the, definitely the, feel free. <laughs> the stories need to support your mission and your so. So let me ask you a question, and this is this is kind of what but we I, know. There will be stories that okay, support my mission but, because but, I am in. I'm. I am genuinely and authentically wanting to help people achieve their vibrant potential. There must be some story why. You know, like even if I'm not consciously aware of it, the, and if we if I do the work myself or if I if I work with you, we could find the the stories behind that, I think. Well, no, the stories would be coming, but let me let me just regress here a little sec a second. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you, Dr. Chris, you want to help li- people live their most vibrant potential. What do you believe are the three biggest blocks that people have to step into their full potential and live and embrace it. Jeez, I'm trying I would have to think about how to break that down. Okay. Yeah, like physical health, emotional health, like like I believe I'm worth it or, you know, I believe I can do it or, you know, those kinds of things and then or and then financial. Okay, because I think that there's a lot of people who have a dream in their heart. Yes. But they they don't know how to make it come forward, yes. and because because we wear so many different hats, but we still only have one head, we're pulled in a lot of different directions. So it's about taking your message, understanding what the hot buttons are, and what words, what questions, what sentences those people use, so that as you're creating your podcast, as you're creating your blog posts, as you're creating you know courses and and assignments and things like that for your membership site, you're using those things so they go, oh my gosh, he's speaking to me. Mm. He's talking to me. So it's about meeting them where they are, not expecting them to run and try and catch up to where you are. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that's hard for us to do is to go all the way back to square one, where we were but that's where we need to go so that we can link arms with people and have them take the journey with us. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot of times, actually, 
recently, like just when you're when you're really good at something and you're trying to teach it to others, trying to remember so that you can have the right wording and, and the right language and and things like that, trying to remember what it was like before you had this answer, before you knew that's the challenge. Right. And that's where, and that's where coming up and understanding how are you going to get people to your membership site? So, so although we were talking about stories, it comes down to having a a funnel, a business funnel that has different products, different services at a variety of different price ranges. And how do you bring people into the funnel for free? How do you offer really great content? So they want to stay, continue to offer that content at different prices so that, so that somebody, you know, depending on their budget, depending on their belief in themselves and everything like that, they can say, well, I can't really swing this one, but I want, but I can do this one right now. And then it's really good information, but how do you create all this? And that's one of the things that my clients, after we get through creating their talk, that's what we create because it's all about having this funnel. Because if you don't have different things to offer people, you're doing them a disservice. Mm -hmm. You've put this information out there. Now they're all excited and they think, oh my gosh, finally, I can take this dream and turn it into a reality with these steps that Dr. Chris is talking about. But wait a minute, I can't afford this package, and he doesn't have anything in between. Mm. Gotcha. So it's about taking something and creating a variety of different pieces that people can afford. And as they become um, stronger, Dr. Chris disciples, and they see these things working in their, their life, they're going to see the value of it, and they're going to be you know, willing to buy the more expensive or to go to the deeper next level, that type of thing. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanted to ask you if stories are only useful during a speech. I feel like we kind of hit on that. Do you have anything else to say about that? No, I think it's always nice to have one or two stories that you're really passionate about that are short. So that if if you're at a networking, it, it, you know, I've been at networking events and, and I'll say, you know, I create a stampede and they'll say, well, how do you do that? Well, you want to be prepared, and so you want to have something. And, and I'm not talking that it's such a canned speech that it's so memorized that you, you know, just start reciting it verbatim and, you know, glassy. <laughs> I, that's not what I'm talking about. But, 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 but it's I about help having, people to create a stampede. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You want to see one come at six and six when we milk. You'll see us bringing them into the barn no it's it's you know it's it's you know so if i said you know i help people i help business people create a stampede of hot prospects who chase them down and beg them for their information well really sue how do you do that well it's through teaching them how to speak to groups and how to put their messages out there whether they're doing it in a blog or whether they're speaking to groups and how to turn that speaking into several thousand dollars because of a very strategic intentional and deliberate process yeah that i mean that was great right there what you just said i think i'm going to rewind and and just uh, <laughs> i'm probably going to listen to that two or three times cuz i think you said like more in there than i than i actually took in but clearly that relayed to me that like you have a structured way that you do it. Right. Which is good. Structure gives us power and it gives us flexibility. When we have a structure and we're familiar with how things flow, it allows us to step out of it and it's no longer about us and to truly relate to that person we're talking to or that group. So we become so much more 
conscious of their eye contact and if they're looking at their watch or whatever. I mean, you can see when you've got someone, but when you keep it short, and then it's knowing how to step away from the conversation. So with this conversation, this person, after I said, you know, it's very strategic, intentional, and deliberate, they may go, well, I'd like to learn more. I'd say, you know, Dr. Chris, that's great. There's a few other people I'd like to meet here today. Would it be okay if I went ahead and sent you an email on Monday and we could schedule a time just to get together for coffee or something? And I don't want to, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but that would give me an opportunity to share what I do and maybe give you a couple ideas on how you can do it to have better results for your clients. Would that be something that's of interest? Yes, it would be. Okay. See how easy that is? It is. And you're framing it again. It's funny. I'm just going to bring it back to BNI. I guess it's on my, it's on my mind. Um, but you, I feel like you really are, when you did that just now, I feel, I felt like that message kind of embodied that whole giver's gain idea too. Like, like I know you do want the appointment and I feel like you're really wanting to authentically give me value. So, I mean, I, for me, that is a really big deal. Like people that show up and actually want to help and, you know, and hopefully it does, you know, maybe it will go towards business. Like that'd be great. But people that really show up and do just really want to give value, I think that is, I don't know, that sets them apart. And then, and then you want to do business with that kind of person. Right. And, and, you know, like with this life insurance agent, there are people who went to her, they didn't buy from her, they maybe went and bought from somebody else. But the point is that she got them to thinking, and, and hopefully some of them became more protected as a result. And that was her goal. It wasn't that, oh, I'm going to get all these appointments and look at all the money I'm going to make. Because it's when you are so focused on impacting lives, and making a difference in the lives of others, the money becomes secondary. And I understand we all need money to live. That's not what I'm saying. But because the money isn't isn't your top priority, more money does come. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. What's your number one health tip? My number one health tip would be eat organic. I was just at a seminar on Saturday on HM or on GMOs and glyphosates and what it's doing to the health of our people. And because of the use of glyphosates and GMOs and the people eating them, they're now saying that by 2020, one out of every two children will be diagnosed with autism. The cancers, the Alzheimer's, all of these things are, are a powerful. It, it, it's so frightening. So my health tip is eat organic. We can eat less because we don't have to eat so much, but eat organic. And I promise you, you will see a difference in your health and in the health of your family. I'm, I'm sure you agree with that 100%. Oh, 100%. So just for people, let me like just dive into that a tiny bit. For the people that are listening, most people that are listening, honestly, are eating at least partially organic. So let's just say we're, li- we're talking to someone that does not buy any organic food. Um, do you think that they're going to benefit from a percentage of their food being organic? Is yeah, that a I'd, good step? Yeah. I would start with like the fruits and vegetables, the things that are in the ground, um, and your milks. And, and if you can get grass-fed milk, um, it's even better. The omega-3s are so much higher. And we're grass-fed 
uh, organic dairy farmers. And the omega-3s and everything are just significantly higher that it will make a difference. If you have, like we sell all of our stuff to Organic Valley, all of our milk, and they make mm. cheeses and, and things. If you have a product you like, so if you went to organicvalley.com and you signed up as a customer um, with them, every quarter you will get um, coupons in the mail or they will send them to your email address so you can get anything from a dollar off of products and usually they'll they'll send so that two or three um, products you can get with coupons that are totally free. I know there's a lot of other companies that do the same thing. So if you find a product you really like, um, go to that company and chances are they have got coupons you can sign up for so that that can lower the cost the next thing that i would suggest is buy local you know who else can you do things locally with and if you're looking for produce um i'm going to just you know there's a couple of stores that that are in a lot of neighborhoods that i think are so expensive it's just cost prohibitive in my Mm. opinion it's really hard to do especially if you've got a family so there's one that that is now in the rochester area called um natural grocers and they're all organic and gmo free and i was i'm i'm really pleased when i compare that to the prices at trader joe's for instance um they are they are considerably less the quality is really good but again they're all certified organic and non-gmo and then the other thing that um that i would suggest is watch the nutritional supplements that you take and make sure that when you're taking those you're getting really good quality not just going to the local discount store and buying the cheap stuff that has all these fillers and other things that you don't know what's in them go to dr chris and get a good quality you have more control over your health than you ever imagined just by what you put in your mouth yeah right so really take care of your body by putting in only the best stuff. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sue. On the show notes, I'm going to link to where they can find you so that if anybody that's listening, if they want to take you up on that free 30-minute consultation, I recommend it. I recommend that you check that out, at least the free one. And Why not? It's going to be a value for you. Is there anything that you want to say on the air about that? It's a free 30 consultation. I'll ask a number of questions. Before we're done, I will give you three to five tips that you can implement automatically. So it's great content. And then my last question to you after I give you some suggestions is, would you like my help with any of this? And that's my sales question. Nice, nice. Thank you very much, Sue. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good luck to all of your listeners. I hope that you go forth and you live your passion and you make the impact that you were sent here to make. Nice. Live your vibrant potential. Absolutely. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.